0: Dear friends, the word of God, again, in John's Revelation, chapter 7, we read a small portion, 15 to 17. Because of this, they are in front of the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They will never be hungry or thirsty ever again. The sun will never beat upon them nor will any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dr. I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid of what's on the other side. And I know you're a Christian, so what's it like? The doctor hesitated. And as the story goes, his dog, I'm not sure where the dog was at the doctor's office, but the dog was scratching at the door. And finally he let the dog in and it burst and jumped on the doctor, licking his face. And then the patient said, don't you have any comfort for me? The doctor said, you see what my dog did just there? The dog didn't know it was on the other side of the door. The dog only knew that her master was here. And that's all she needed to know, to long, to scratch and paw, to burst in and seize me and and lick my face and hug me and wag her tail. That's all she needed was to know that her master was there. Now, maybe many of us worry and wonder about that. I know I do from time to time when I really, in lowly moments, in the depths, in the corners, there's part of my sinful flesh that still says, What's going to really happen? What's on the other side? Is everything that you live and teach and breathe and preach and drink from the scriptures, Seth, is that really true? And what we read in Revelation is also good, because what we find out, what we see in visions and pictures, which if you take Revelation literally, that's what it is. It's visions and pictures of what goes on, not just in the future, but also already in the present this side isn't so great either is it just watch the news just look at the warfare and the rumors of war that we thought maybe died with the last century no things rear their ugly heads again, because as it turns out, we still live in a world of sin and ugly consequences. And in the book of Revelation, you see this in the picture of these seven seals that are opened, like envelopes, opened up letters from God. But instead of nice messages, you get for the first four seals in Revelation chapter six that are opened up, you see four horsemen most of them threatening, if not all. We're not sure about that first one, the rider on the white horse who wears a crown and carries a bow that may be gospel conquest into all the world or it may be false doctrine. Either way, we know both of those things go out into all the world in the last times. The next seal opens and the, the rider on the fiery red horse with the great big sword goes out to bring bloodshed and warfare. So that's all going on, and then the third seal is opened up, and you've got the rider on the black horse with scales in his hand, bringing famine, and everyone suffers, and then the fourth seal opens up, and you see the rider on the pale horse who comes, and hell follows with him, and he brings disease and plague and pestilence. Then the fifth seal opens out and the martyrs cry out, When, O oh Lord? How long? When are you going to judge the world? And then the sixth seal opens up and, and all kinds of crazy things happen in, in the heavenly bodies and in the skies. And then the rulers of the world go and hide because they're afraid of the judgment of the Lamb. And before the seventh seal opens up where there's a, about a half hour of silence and then you get a whole, number, a whole set of sevens, seven angels who come out blow, blowing their trumpets, You get an intermission. Thank you, God. Thanks for giving John an intermission in his vision, because it's a nice thing. It's really good. You get the 144,000, a symbolic number. We know it's symbolic because in the next scene, they're they're called um, countless. So it's a symbolic number of the believers, the church militant who are ready to march out for warfare in this world. And then, get our text and as it turns out on the other side for those who trust in Jesus and want to be near him those whom Jesus wants to be close to him and who love him the other side turns out to be pretty great and I'm understating pretty greatly and I love this because I'm going to try and restrain myself I could go on for for quite a while because all I get to do today is talk about heaven you want to hear about heaven? I hope so. That's what today is all about. We simply get to look at heaven because God turns heaven inside out in this, in this um, vision, in this intermission in John's visions. And if you're ever wondering what it looks like on the other side of heaven, Revelation 7, verses 9, 17 is your chance. This is how God paints the picture. So I'd like to say, meanwhile no matter whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, however hard life is, or joyful even, meanwhile, in heaven, meanwhile in heaven, who's going to be there? And what's going to be the best part? That's all I'm going to talk about, is who's going to be there, and what's going to be the best part? So the first question, who's, who made it in? Who's going to be there? Uh, before we do that, look, look at how many made it in. You, you can't it's countless we don't know I think 144,000 you could count it would take some time but the numbers of the people breaking in popping into heaven from the outside like popcorn if you were in the inside looking out would be countless and they just keep on coming and they're wearing these white robes and they're waving their palm branches where are they coming from John doesn't know he needs to return the question you tell me elder I don't know and as it, as it turns out, they're coming from every nation, from every tribe, from every race, from every language. And that's pretty good on its own, because as it turns out, there's been a little bit of uh, angst and frustration between nations and languages and people of different ethnicities and all of that. Well, heaven, you're not going to have that. It's going to be love for all of, all of those people, including Germans including Africans, Asians, including Americans. You haven't been written out of this picture. You've been only included. Who are they? Well, well, John didn't know. Is there anyone I know? Well, now we're getting closer to, to who's going to make it. The people here, the people who come into heaven at a steady pace. They're coming out of the great tribulation and we don't need to manufacture seven years of tribulation. That's not in the Bible. The apostles said we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said a great tribulation would start. All the, all the signs of the end times are there. As people who are coming out of this sinful world with its sinful consequences, John is told these are the people who've done their laundry. These are the people who've washed their robes with a lot of laundry detergent? No. What's the cleaning agent? It's the blood of the lamb. These are the people who went to the laundromat of Jesus Christ, who poured forth blood from the cross, and who stated from the the cross, Father, forgive them. It's people who have gone. Now, normally, if you wash something in blood, I'm guessing it turns out pretty red and stained, and you wouldn't normally do that. Note the spiritual picture. You brought your sins to the laundry of Jesus Christ, and you've washed them in his forgiveness, and they've come out white, meaning clean, spotless, without blemish. No more sins are stuck on you. And so if there's anything I have to ask you today, when it comes to this text about this place is have you been doing your laundry? Have you been washing your robes in the blood of the lamb? Yes, when Jesus died for the cross, that objective fact meant forgiveness for all and it's only through Jesus that all and everyone finds their forgiveness but we also have this practice of forgiving one another as we go through this world and Jesus gives us the keys and he says use these. And a person of faith, a friend of faith, goes and finds other friends of faith and doesn't let, a friend of faith doesn't let other friends of faith forget their faith. Are you doing that kind of laundry? Are you washing your robes in the blood of the Lamb, actively seeking and giving forgiveness and helping others through it? Maybe wandering sheep. Maybe people you love that you know your good shepherd loves. Because you know what it means? It means, Seeking out those people who are buried in sin and guilt and using the keys, you know what it means? It means everything in, in our sermon text. It's, it means heaven. So I'd still like to tell you what the best part is. You might be wondering, well, there's some contenders here. First, there's the song of joy and praise. But the best praise is proclaiming what Jesus has done. And even in heaven, they're not just saying, God is great, God is good, but they're saying, salvation belongs to. Literally, salvation belongs to our God. In our translation, salvation is from God. It's not enough to say that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and went and did it, but also, let's not forget that God the Father put this plan together out of his love, out of his grace and compassion for you. Jesus carried it out on the cross, poured forth his blood, and his Holy Spirit is still working in your heart, opening it up to those truths. Just as it did just as the holy spirit did when you were first justified he continues to sanctify you and grow you in your faith and grow you in the truth now that's that's pretty good to know that in heaven the songs don't stop the music only gets more brilliant and bright and still teaches about the salvation of god but singing isn't the best part other possibilities might include this what won't be in heaven there won't be hunger there won't be thirst I gotta tell you that's pretty meaningful to someone who is always hungry all the time we have a member at our church who's in a rehab facility who for fear of food getting trapped in his lungs water getting trapped in his lungs has a tube he's always hungry because his stomach never gets filled he doesn't get to put things in his mouth besides for ice chips don't take your food for granted but also understand there is a place where no one hungers no one thirsts where you don't have to worry about your next meal and where it comes from in a certain sense that's already true because you have God the father who's taking care of you but it's not going to be a need you're going to have the superpower of no hunger no thirst but that's not the best part something else that didn't make it is scorching heat now that makes makes a great difference to those who are living in the wilderness in the dry desert land like some of the recipients of John's writings like many of the believers over time out out in the wilderness out in the dark out in the desert but also think about what this means for those who know what happens if you don't believe in Jesus and if you deny the lamb what kind of scorching heat that will mean in hell there's none of that in heaven so let's not take it for granted the fact that you won't even be in hell is a really good thing but it's still not the best part the best part may be that weeping is gone he who wept tears for his friend Lazarus, who knows what it feels like to lose a loved one. He who mourned over the, the impenitence of Israel as he approached and said, O oh Jerusalem, O oh Jerusalem, how long I, how I long to gather you under my wings as a hen with its chicks, but you, you were not willing. He, knew, he knows tears. But with a woolen tissue of Scripture here, he says, in heaven... Those tears will be wiped away permanently. Just imagine that. No sadness. But still, the the best part of heaven is coming. It's this. It's the focus of the whole picture, of the whole vision. The best part of heaven is the Lamb is there. The Lamb of lambs. And the King of Kings, who sits on the throne before all. They're all surrounded ar- around him, all the heavenly hosts, including saints and angels, these mighty angels, these four living creatures, and everyone popping in from the great tribulation. They're all surrounding him, waving palm fronds of celebration, because he is what matters. From him emanates the peace. And the gladness and the joy and the happiness without him even with all these other things the deprivation of tears hunger and thirst and 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 scorching heat all of the good things that are there wouldn't matter because without him we wouldn't have our jesus who saves that's who the lamb is he's the focal point he's the most important part and he spreads his tent over them it's a It's a new special presence that Jesus will have never had with his people before, but that he earned, that he'll live among them in a very special way. You thought Christmas was good when Jesus was there in the flesh before these rustic sinners who got to go and see him and sing his praise and go out and tell. It's worth naming your church after An occasion like the first Christmas. You thought Holy Communion was good, where you get to taste and see forgiveness, his blood and his body under the bread and the wine. Nothing about heaven. Being right there near the one who loved you so much and still loves you and will never stop loving you. This is the best part. And the figure changes. The sacrificial lamb is also the great good shepherd who shepherds his people beside living waters and who continues to care for us into eternity. Well, that sounds pretty nice on the other side. So for now, what am I supposed to do on on this side? Well, let me tell you. First, hunger and thirst for his kind of righteousness. Do not attempt to do it your way. Follow in the path your Savior trod and follow where your good shepherd leads you because he loves you. And continue to pray that prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Continue to pray that prayer, but deliver us from evil. Jesus means to answer that prayer now and into eternity for the forgiven saints who are, already, who are still fighting this battle. So hunger and thirst for that kind of righteousness because that hunger and thirst will go away in his living waters one day. Second, do your laundry. Wash away your sins in the blood of Jesus Christ. And third, sing the song of salvation and sing your hearts out today and always because it never ends even in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Please stand.